You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. This episode's topic is conspiracy theories. This is a topic that was suggested multiple times by listeners, but essentially the problem that they're articulating is that there are deep theories that that they have family members and friends who have bought into and and may not even have evidence for why they've bought into those theories. So really the question we want to answer is how do we engage family and friends in such a divisive political atmosphere where there are theories about conspiracies and how society is working and how do we as Christians navigate this landscape of political divisiveness? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got with me today Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, and then Zach Wyrock and Stacy Donardo. Our question and topic for today is around conspiracy theories. So this is a topic that I've received a number of listener emails and questions about asking us to figure out how to address. If I have to think about it, there's several layers to this question. I think uh, one of the first questions that we would want to talk about is why are conspiracy theories appealing for people to believe? Because I think everybody, when I say conspiracy theory, you can probably think of an internet conspiracy theory that you know that people believe in that you think that maybe is a family member or a friend. Yeah. Or maybe somebody, somebody sitting around this table. Who, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I was going to ask you who put you up to this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I think the second question would be uh, how do we uh, navigate those relationships with family and friends when they have bought into these cultural and political narratives to such an extent that it feels like they've abandoned rationality. And then finally, as followers of Jesus, what can we hold on to and trust? So that's kind of the flow, but we would we would start with why uh, our conspiracy theories, whether it's QAnon or any of the other things that are on the dark corners of the internet, why are those so appealing? Why do people buy into them? Why do Christians buy into them? What's the appeal to those? Well, I, the one I would start with is maybe the hardest one to acknowledge, and that is that we often assume in others what we know to be true of ourselves. And I think in a world in which we are all sinners and all guilty of hiding something, that there are all parts of our lives, parts of our minds, parts of our hearts that we don't share, we don't desire to share, we would be undone if they were shared that then we assume if that's true of me, then it must be true of other people. It must also then be true of my government, of corporations, of it's not hard to believe that CEOs or government officials or whoever it might be have going what have in their hearts and minds going on what's what's in my hearts and minds. Same reason a liar will always assume the people around him are, are lying. lying. Yeah. Because yeah, that's of what's really going on that, in our hearts. that is a really good place to start. That's really interesting because it it is true, and I know, I'm trying to think of how people are even listening to this right now, and the people who tend toward conspiracy theory are would be pushing back hard on that. But uh, whenever I'm talking to anybody, uh, I always assume that they're thinking like I'm thinking, right? Like uh, I I feel like. I am honest. I tend to think people are honest. I watch, you know, whenever I watch police shows. Um, I didn't like, know you were a fan of police shows. <laughs> <laughs> but when I used to watch like cops, like real police shows, yeah. kind of, cool. I would always believe everybody. I was like, they would go, that's not mine. I'd be going, of course that's not yeah, his. You know? <laughs> so, but if you, if you. Side note, uh, you would have probably made a really bad police show. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Yeah, I'd be terrible. Right. But, but I think uh, there is something inside of me that is, uh, that 
does think that uh, people are untrustworthy or they have different motives. And I can see how that would get, uh, and the more uh, darkness is in that I, that I recognize in me, the more I would tend to see in other people. So yeah, that's a good one. Good yeah. way to start. Yeah. Well, and I think at the heart of it, people probably put their hope, put their belief in a conspiracy theory because they think that it's going to bring some sort of solution, right? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense in my mind to believe in something that is going to bring about destruction. Um, so I don't necessarily it's think it's coming from there, a bad place. There is something too, though, that is uh, being in the know, like knowing what yeah. no one else knows. Like you don't, you don't understand this. Yeah, it's a kind but, of pride. Yeah. Like yeah. If we're mm-hmm. honest, it's a right. kind of pride that says, I'm in on something, my group of people, my tribe, we know something, we've discovered something. You know, it's interesting because, not to get too nerdy on you, but there was a heresy back in biblical times called Gnosticism, and Gnosticism was this idea that only a select group of people had this inner spiritual light. And so because they were born, you either had it or you didn't, you were born with it or you didn't. And if you were born with it, then you saw things that no one else saw. And that that is a still to this day an intoxicating kind of... Yeah. way of thinking and, and what conspiracy theories, theorists are, really a kind of Gnostic where they're saying, we have this inner truth, right. we have seen the proverbial light, and therefore we see through everything us group of people. And, and that is an intoxicating thing, being on the inside of something. Right. And one of the most difficult things about a conspiracy, conspiracy theory is how hard they are to disprove. Right, because well, they're inherently unfalsifiable. Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> so as you know. soon as you start to push back, yeah. it's like, oh, you're, you're in on you're, it. Yeah, you're a part of yeah, it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah, I think the other thing is people crave community, mm-hmm. right? And so you, you, you know, I want to be part of something, and and if I'm even if I'm on the dark corners of the internet on a Reddit subreddit account, nobody really knows about but my people. These are my people. They're my friends. They're my family. They're my that's my religion almost. I mean, QAnon, for example, uh, is is being written about almost as a religion, a way of thinking. And there's a community factor there. Now you take all those things, you throw them in a blender and you mix them up and you really have a pretty powerful cocktail of sorts. The combination of, I know I'm, I am sinful and hiding things, therefore I assume other people are. Right. I'd like to be fix the, the problems yeah. in the world. I'd like to be on the inside and I'm craving community and all those things together form a pretty healthy conspiracy. So it might I, I even, think that's where it's coming from. It might be more than, you know, community and then also the status of saying, you know, there are more people like me than than you think. And mm-hmm. uh, and what if I end up in the status of being right? Eventually? I'm going to be, yeah, there have we're been just being hidden. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. the other thing yeah. is that you're, you're talking about uh, there have been, you know, back, uh, I've lived long enough to go back to Watergate, you know, and there, yeah. that was, uh, even Vietnam, there was uh, where the moon landed. Miscommunication. <laughs> 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 Don't get me started. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there's all there. There are, have been so then people who would move toward conspiracy theories would say, would would say we have proof that there have been. So of course there are now. Yeah, and the only other thing I'd add to that, and I don't, I'm not trying to be inherently controversial, but the other thing I'd add to that would also be I think mental health is a part of the conversation sure. as well. We as a culture, we don't know how to talk about, think about mental health. We've done a podcast before here on counseling. Uh, 
um, you know, where we're all talking about our own experiences. And I think uh, because it's interesting, you say there have been conspiracies, and that's true. There have been way more people are wrong on right. than right, right for on, sure. for sure. But you add in, uh, I think, enough unhealthiness even in in a, in your mind, and you latch on to the ones that you know ended up being true, and you you kind of get rid of the ones that that aren't. You just kind of throw those out, and and those no longer live in your mind, and and you can think and and believe in these things. And I also, when we talk about Maybe it's good to talk about too. So that's why people believe in conspiracy. Why do they believe in them in the church? You know, I think that's a good question too. Right. Why are Christians maybe especially in some ways prone to thinking in these things? And and for me, I, I think the starting point of that, I mean, everything we just said probably still applies to Christians. But I would also say, you, you know, I grew up in the church in the 90s, and there was a lot of us versus them kind of ideology that was going on. You know, there was a Christian subculture bubble, and then everybody outside of that bubble was bad and evil. And I think if you grow up in that enough, um, that that you... I mean, let me give you a quick anecdotal story. I, I remember being in a Sunday school class when I was a kid, <laughs> and I don't know where this came from, but my Sunday school te- teacher was saying that every letter of the alphabet corresponded to a number and if the number of your name added up to 666, you were the Antichrist. And we were actually doing our own names to see, like, and if your name is Zachary Wyrock, you're a little worried because you're going to get pretty high. Get I thought, boy, well, I might find out in Sunday school I'm the Antichrist, right? And then we were doing famous political figures that our Sunday school teacher did not like right? to see if they were the Antichrist, right? And, oh, wow. and, and you think about, that was in my Sunday school class. Right, and that teacher wasn't <clears throat> rebuked or corrected, or so I leave as a kid thinking this is what it means to be a Christian. Right, it's this bunker mentality. I think if you do enough of that, you do start to believe that. Well, I've been told you know for twenty years mm-hmm. that all of the people out there in the world are evil and scary and bad, and and so as a result, I'm confirming that in these conspiracy theories. I think bad teaching about sin about non-Christians, about has created a, a fertile soil in which the seed of conspiracy theories can take root, I think there's also an element of fear in there too, whether yeah. it's fear of, you know, fear of lo- losing influence culturally. So, you know, somebody might say, well, uh, my particular political, uh, sorry, I can't come up, my particular political candidate may not have won the election, but I actually think they did win the election, you know, and that's kind of like, uh, there's fear connected to that, that just comes from the fear of losing influence, losing clout, losing, and it comes back to that status that I, that I talked about earlier, but I think there's an element of that involved as well. I think that's true both ways, by the way. Yeah. I I think when you see the parties change power, you you know, you start hearing the minority power, the minority party. You cheated. Yeah. You just start hearing all these rumors about what they're doing and what they're, and you just think, boy, that just sounds like we lost. And, you know, so we're saying these things. Yeah. I think there's some of that. No, I was just going to say, I've had a bit of a front row seat as we've had some extended family that have been, um, are kind of really far down the hole, if you will, with conspiracies. And Jimmy, what you said is exactly what I was thinking. Fear has been very much when I boil it down um, and look and and examine conversations that are had, fear just seems to really be the driver, which is so sad because it's, again, from my perspective, feels like they're trying to find something to put their hope in and to to fix the problems of this world. And they are uh, just crippled even in fear in that. And, um, you know, as 
as a Christian and as someone that's wanting to have great relationship with these family members, it can just, I just want to acknowledge, I think it can be really, it can be really hard to understand where to go with that because um, at times, even in this situation, the reasonableness, the ability to reason or just to show love is met with anger. Um, and so again, it, it's just something to acknowledge that there's just a sadness of the fact that there are people that are going through this. And how do we as Christians continue to engage and try and pursue relationship with family right. members? And anger is uh, is a close relative to fear. Yep. Right. Yeah. But I always think as a Christian, um, you know, we have uh, kind of the the ultimate solution to fear because mm-hmm. we know the end of the end of the story, and the story ends well. I was thinking, Zach, you know, you preached last weekend, and I don't know when this is going to be released, but uh, one of the things that I walked away with was when you said that, um, you know, when the disciples watched the ascension, the message to them was, uh, this same Jesus is going to come back. And for them, that was good news, mm-hmm. right? Every place else in the Bible, it's about judgment. But for those of us who are friends of Jesus, who Jesus calls us his friends, it's good news. So I, um, I'll have people uh, talk to me whenever something <laughs> kind of goes wrong here in the States. Yeah. Uh, somebody will talk to me and just say, hey, Pastor Joe, do you think, do you think we're in the end times? You know, it's like, oh, what do you think? You know, and I'm like, yeah, we're closer today than we were yesterday. Right. <laughs> but I never get, uh, I'm never like in angst about it, no matter what thing, because I know how the story ends and the story ends really well for me because Jesus coming back, the end times, even my death, I don't care how I die, uh, that is going to be a good day and good news. So Yeah, it's interesting because the the primary kind of weapon of conspiracy theory is that there is a shadowy group of people out there doing nefarious things that we don't know about, and if we don't find them, catch them, stop them, something bad is going right. to happen, right? The, the, the problem is, or maybe the, the, the solution to that problem is, the antidote that Christianity offers is the idea that there is a sovereign God mm-hmm. from whom no exactly. one can hide. There, you know, so if we say, but but we don't know what they're up to, but God does. God does. Right. You can't right. hide from Him. There's no shadowy cabal out there that can hide their secret meetings from God. He is everywhere. He sees everything. He knows everything. Psalm two. This is where knowing the Bible is so helpful. Psalm two says the kings, the nations gather together and they make their plans, and the Lord just laughs. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. He laughs. Those are nation states. Right. Let alone this exclusive group of people. In the, so, so when we talk about how do I protect myself from conspiracy theories, which because I don't think any of us should be so right. arrogant as to say we're immune, how do I protect myself? And how do I begin to hold out hope to other people? I think sometimes it's saying, hey, let's just assume everything you believe is true. Okay, let's just assume for a second, you're right. There's this massive, God sees it. Right. He's exactly. not caught off yeah. guard by it. He, nothing that he does not allow will happen. And in the end, in the end, all the promises of the Bible are true. The ending will be the ending he sets forth. He is in charge of the universe. And so even what, what if is that there quote, is... What is that quote that says, uh, every, every inch of the, end of the universe? Yeah, there is no inch of the universe over which Jesus doesn't say, Mine. Mine. Yeah. And that includes the inches where conspirators right. are meeting. 
right, if they, if they are out there. So I, I think the first thing is to neutralize that fear by saying, hey, whether or not there is a conspiracy, look, do we believe that God is sovereign? Because, the, you know, the chief sin, and I do mean that, the chief sin involved in conspiracy theories is the idea that there are a group of people outside of God's control, right. outside of his view, who are operating in a way in which he would not want and he cannot stop them. Right. And to believe those things is is an affront to Jesus. It is it is counter-gospel. It is, it is anti-Christian. It is not true. So you start by saying, even if these things are true, is God sovereign? Is he in control? Is he in charge? Do you believe that? Because if you say you don't, your chief problem is not a conspiracy theory. That's the symptom. Your chief problem is a lack of trust and confidence in who and who God is. So I think that's where we have to start, for sure. Well, I think that's where we are. We have to start. That's where we have to end. I mean, that's a good ending. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's not too much more beyond that. You yeah, have, but I think maybe but... we should say, I mean, Stacey, you've talked to us some about mm-hmm. your extended family. I think we should say... It's not going to be as easy as saying that it to a isn't. family member, and then they go, "Oh shoot, okay, well, you know, right, got me." Uh, no. You know, so yeah. how do you love a family member who, even after you say that, they right. say, "Well, you know, the world's still falling apart. We're still in trouble. We're still, you know, we still need to be stocking up canned goods in the basement." How do you love them? Yeah, and I have seen like my family member do this well with extended family, and just being that they go and be with them. They just continue to try and speak truth and point them to the gospel, point them to the sovereignty of God, and not back away and run away you know, from them, um, letting them know you're present, letting them know you're there, and, and, I don't, and praying and, for them. Yeah, and keep uh, living right smack yeah. dab in the middle of the peace that Jesus gives, right, and the confidence yep. of his plan and his sovereignty. I mean, it, it seems like the question is really, how would you engage any family, family member who has tried, decided to disregard something that's true about God? Right, in in the right. same way, you continue to extend relationship to them. You continue to care exactly. for them and speak truth as best you can, whether it's they've decided something about their sexuality doesn't agree with what the Lord says, or they've so decided yep. to yeah. follow a that's conspiracy a theory. And I, I think that's the, the point is to make it about what do you believe about God? Like I don't want to engage in the what you believe whether or not things. this thing. Yeah, is don't because don't go enga- after that. Yeah, yeah you can't right. engage in that right. stuff, right? I say yesterday I saw a UFO. You say I didn't. Who's right? Okay. Right. You, yeah. you know, but I think w- the right answer would be to say whether or not you saw a UFO. Do you believe there's a God who's sovereign over the universe in whom even if a UFO including landed, the UFOs would not change his sovereignty? Right. I mean, I, I think try to make the conversation about that. I do think you have to also protect yourself, you though. I, I think you, you, you know, from a lot of different things that could well up inside of you, and there might be a time for space. There might yeah. be a time I was for say, like there are, yeah, put proper boundaries on them. Whether you have children or other yeah. people that can be influenced, I do think there's a lot of wisdom in putting appropriate boundaries. If there's something that, again, you see any family member doing that is going to impact and influence. Um, you know, your family in a negative way. So, And I can't help but think about Philippians 4 here when Paul is saying, you know, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, think about these things. And just saying, the other thing I'd say is just be careful what you read and what you yeah. what you watch and what you... Is what you're reading and watching and listening to producing fear in you? It is, is its appeal to you 
this idea that you are on the inside and you are all knowing and all seeing and you know is its appeal to you that that it, you it somehow feels right to you to be afraid these are not things the lord wants for you right. that the lord does not want you to live in a perpetual state of fear or anxiety or pride or you, you know so just ask yourself is this thing i'm listening to reading my my growing concern is we are reading the bible less and consuming media more. And I think, you know, the reality is that there are people in the church who are being discipled by conspiracies more than they are by Christ. And and that's a problem. And I think each one of us have to own who who does have our ear, who is speaking into our lives, who is filling our minds and our hearts. Is it Jesus or is it something else? You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.